We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. December 17th edition of the Rotoware NFL podcast sponsored by Yahoo DFS. This is championship week for many leagues out there. Of course, week 16, I'm Joe Barlick. Follow me at JB Fantasy Sports and join alongside me. Hoping to get your lineups all set for the championship win is my co-host, of course, Jake Latarski. You can follow him at Roto Jake. Yeah, again, I said championship weekend. I know I'm not in any championships. I think you were bounced out of, unfortunately, as well. I should say I'm in... I'm in one NFFC league, but you don't go against one people. You just go against the four and whoever highest score. So I'm really not in the championship. Yeah. Really, my best ball team is what I'm living through right now. It's DF- DFS city for me. That, that That's the thing. I'm going to ride the momentum from my Jamison or my Jameis Winston, Brashad Perriman stacks, try to use that same research for the waiver wire. Still got stake league to go for. Got to make sure I clinch uh, an eater spot there. A uh, couple consolation prizes make the old uh, end of season records look a little bit better. But uh, no, injuries bit me hard and I've been bounced. So uh, hoping to turn in a couple profitable DFS weeks and a free stake. That's it's, what I got to play for. It's the point where I'm living through the people that I'm recommending plays for. And, and you talked about Brashad Perriman. For a DFS play, that was one of our top pickups this past week. It ended up being great. 
Danny Amendola, I was kind of uh, pounding mm-hmm. the table for him as well. And that was fantastic. DeAndre Washington, maybe let us down a little bit more, but we'll get mm-hmm. into some of those. Well, the Washington thing is one of those things that we don't necessarily know doing exactly. this podcast on Tuesday. Like, okay, Josh Jacobs technically has a little fracture in his shoulder. Logic would dictate the team out of the playoffs isn't really going to worry about that. He goes out there and plays anyway. You know, it convolutes things a little bit, but yeah. might still be on the radar this week. We'll, well get yeah, there. I, we'll, we'll get there, like you said. We'll, we'll start first with the Monday night game, of course, the Saints destroyed the Colts 34 to 7 breeze sets the touchdown record uh in the first drive of the third quarter probably should have had it in the first half but there's a questionable pass interference call that negated a touchdown play uh instead Josh Hill gets the touchdown to set the record and of course Brady is still active so it's Brady and Breeze that are going to be going back and forth we would imagine for the record we'll get to uh Brady, Brady's toast though right well that's it yeah I mean <laughs> and it depends I mean if Breeze and Brady if either one gets to the Super Bowl, I guess I don't know what's going to happen. Brady keeps saying he wants to play a couple more seasons. Breeze certainly seems possible. I was surprised. I, I took a prop bet for the under on two and a half passing touchdowns for Breeze, not knowing that he was that close to the record. And I just I felt so <laughs> foolish. Like when I saw that broadcast, it was on ESPN almost immediately. It's like, oh, God, of course the Saints are going to have them break the record mm-hmm. at, at home uh, on Monday night. Of course that was going to happen. And lo and behold, it was like they were force-feeding it. And Michael Thomas was the primary recipient of it. He's going to break the record, too. I, I don't know if there's a prop bet available on does he d- uh, beat Marvin Harrison's reception record in the season. But that is 100%, 100% going to happen at this point. Like he, They are they are like feeding him to no end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, he's going to be an interesting guy for next year's draft. I think later on uh, in the month we're going to we're going to do a show where we mock draft the first round, and I assume that at this point Michael Thomas is going to get in there. Um, how high he goes will be a very interesting thing. So uh, definitely stay tuned to some of our shows later on in the month after uh, after waiver wire time comes out and we can get to more season interview type stuff. Yeah, Kamara had 89 total yards. He probably is in that conversation for maybe a first round pick as well for next year, which we'll get to like you talked about. It wasn't great, but the game script didn't really require him to be great. The fourth quarter was essentially all right. We'll destroy our run on the clock, and they didn't even get um, they didn't even get Latavius Murray involved. It was more of a DeAndre Washington. I think for the Saints that I think Kamara might be a fringe first round pick. Uh, he might be a buy low guy, but at the same time, people are going to be pretty salty on him. Uh, you know, he left a bad taste with the time missed, the injury, and the um, you know, and Latavius Murray cutting into the workload here. I mean, if you Taysom use Hill yeah, cutting into the exactly. I mean, if you use the second overall pick on Kamara you're probably not still alive right now unless you had an outstanding waiver warrior year listening to us so that, that'll be very interesting to see if he makes the first round I saw an interesting stat the other day and a lot of this is due to injury but uh, Lamar Jackson's stats as a runner only rushing stats only no passing stats whatsoever uh, had more fantasy points than Kamara oh wow so that's crazy yeah yeah cra- wild, yeah wild stat I, I need to mark and give these guys credit a little bit more on Twitter but uh uh, so Kamara, you know, we have this picture of him in, in our head of what he is, but he was pretty disappointing this season overall. Yeah, I think for the most part, if you didn't take Michael Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, or Delvin Cook in the first round, you were probably disappointed with your production. Ezekiel Elliott this past week was great, mm-hmm. but he's also been that disappointment. Certainly Saquon Barkley's in that yep. category. Barkley's another one, maybe a little too little too that, late. That's why I think that, you know, with Kamara, it probably could be a late first round pick. We'll see. We'll, we'll get to that. I'm actually excited for that podcast, which I anticipate will be in the next two weeks or so. Moving through the rest of the Monday night game, again, it was a blowout for most part of it. I think the Colts scored at the very end. So T.Y. Hilton did mm-hmm. play, but he was on a pitch count. Zach Pascal was very clearly the number one option. Uh, Marcus Johnson ended up being the third string receiver, which was a question mark with Paris Campbell out with Devin Funches out, who was going to be that third guy. And I think in most weeks, 
the second pass catcher or third pass catcher with Hilton's playing is going to be an interesting thing to watch. Jack Doyle did nothing. Mm-hmm. Pascal was the main guy. And really, it was a 24-yard reception that ended up being the main production for him. Yeah. So Johnson doing something's interesting. I just don't know how deep of a league you're going to be playing and that that matters. Yeah, so uh, the, the other thing of note here is Marlon Mack, since he's been back, has had a really couple of difficult matchups against Tampa Bay and New Orleans, a couple of top six run defenses overall. So I'm hoping his price just deflates because he's going to probably be pretty chalk next week in DFS against Carolina, uh, the number 32 ranked defense. So, so basically dead last against opposing running backs in, in uh, PPR leagues. I've got this. I think it's the same in standard. I mean, they're just dreadful. Yeah, it's the same in standard. So, uh, so if you uh, are a Marlon Max owner that's still trying to get for points titles or thinking about using him in DFS, I think he'll be fine next week. He just had you know in his couple games getting reintroduced he just had a couple bad weeks and then you mentioned uh i think i wrote down here that jordan wilkins vultured the touchdown but really it was just late in the game where it didn't matter for marlon for marlon mack and and jordan wilkins was responsible for the only colts touchdown but again i'm hoping that all of that works collectively together to deprice to deflate marlon mack's price in dfs because i'm gonna be all over that this upcoming week yeah that's exactly why chris carson was so valuable in dfs this past week and of course Mm -hmm. sometimes you gotta eat the chalk yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And you've had more success DFS-wise than I have this week, or this year, I should say. But uh, that's definitely an interesting name and certainly something to monitor. But you're right. Marlon Mack, obviously, coming back from injury, has not been very productive. But I think the matchup, matchups are mainly the reason why. And this next week mm-hmm. with the Colts, they finally have a more lucrative offensive schedule. So that's good Good to go for uh, people who might have made it through the championship round if you had Mack. I doubt it, mm-hmm. but hey. You know, it it catches bad. my eye because I have him in stake league. So even yeah, though I'm course. playing against bye week, you know, for these next couple of weeks uh, – well, one, I don't want that big monstrosity of a trophy near me anyway. But uh, but two, anyway, so that's why I'm still following Marlon Mack because I do need to count on him to secure my eating status. Fair enough. Well, let's get to some of these free agent pickups. Before we do that, though, I want to get a word from our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. For, for sports and betting fans in the New Jersey area, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Sports betting is available today on Yahoo Sports and the Yahoo Sports app powered by BetMGM. Yahoo Sports powered by BetMGM allows fans nationwide to view betting odds across a variety of sports and users of legal age to bet in the state of New Jersey can click through the odds to place bets on BetMGM. New users 21 or older in New Jersey can make their first $10 deposit and receive a free $100 in free bets. Go to BetMGM.com Yahoo to get started for full offer terms and conditions. Also, Yahoo Daily Fantasy continues to launch new Daily Fantasy contests every day. Visit Yahoo.com slash Daily Fantasy to enter an NFL, NBA, or NHL contest today. All right, so of course... Our title sponsor, Yahoo. We try to stick to that format we've been doing all season long, mm-hmm. looking for people under 50% owned in Yahoo formats. It's going to get a little bit tight. I, I was trying to focus on teams that had a good chance if you're streaming at quarterback or running back or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the championship, you're probably trying to pick between a few other options that mm-hmm. might be a little bit more available yeah. on the wire. This is a very unique episode on the wire because it's a uh, the listener base. Hopefully you're still listening to us for fun, you know, but the listener base is getting cut down to a very narrow scope of yes. people that made it to the championship game. There are a handful of injuries that people are still dealing with. If you manage to deal with, you know, say the Mike Evans injury and are still surviving, that type of thing, um, you know, hopefully we'll help you through. Obviously, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. Some of these guys that may have got you there, we can't really necessarily count on. Um, so we'll try to run through the top pickups, but uh, picking a guy up so your opponent can't get them and actually putting this guy in your starting lineup are two totally different things. So let's run we'll run through the options and, and see what we can do with that. Well, let's get a little padding of our backs out of the way, right? We recommended Tannehill, Fitzpatrick, and the Eli Manning, Daniel Jones at the time on Tuesday. We didn't know who was going to be quarterback. 
And those were three of the top 10 quarterbacks this week in ESPN standard mm-hmm. scoring. So kudos to us. Tannehill, of course, was the third highest. Unfortunately, that means Tannehill's probably going to be out of the equation. He's now at 68% owned in Yahoo Leagues. He has another good matchup this week. Mm-hmm. I just imagine... Tannehill's not going to be available to be able to utilize against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I guess basically if you question, picked him up, yeah, basically if you picked him up last week, he's at least in play again. And yes. chances are, if you picked him up last week, there was some type of need, need at quarterback, and um, so it would be very, very viable. I'm, I'm, you know, just double checking the matchup here off the top of my head. Uh, has the Saints, and uh, they're twenty second, twenty second best. That is in, uh, uh, you know points allowed to opposing fantasy quarterbacks so although Brissett didn't quite show it on kind of a depleted team where you know the momentum just wasn't there um at least this time around they're hosting the Saints That's which is saying. good you know it's, it's not like Tannehill's outdoors. heading into New Orleans right outdoor games so maybe we watch that a little bit uh you know weather's going to be a little bit of a concern across this uh across the slate here in week 16 but uh the matchup New Orleans again people are going to have some recency bias after they shut down the Colts but Tannehill again seemingly has a pretty fine matchup Tied for the highest over-under on the Week 16 slate with the Cardinals and Seahawks, which is a 4.25 p.m. Eastern kickoff on Sunday. Of course, three games are occurring on Saturday. Something to keep in mind. Of, I don't know why the NFL didn't take advantage of it last week when there wasn't any college football, but here we are now, three games on mm-hmm. Saturday. This game, though, the Titans and Saints, is played on Sunday. Again, 12, 1 p.m. Eastern. We don't know the weather, obviously. I hate being a meteorologist on a Tuesday. It, it's going to be interesting, though. We know Drew Brees has struggled historically, or at least more so, outdoors, and this will be a game outdoors against Tennessee. I don't know if I want to go with Tannehill, but if you used him this past week, I would guess that you don't have better options otherwise. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it really depends who you picked him up for last week. Like, there was a league I picked him up for because Baker Mayfield was my other quarterback. I could see yeah. still going to Tannehill in that situation. And I actually like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is kind of the next quarterback that I want to recommend. He's only 25% owned in Yahoo Leagues going against the Bengals this week. You could actually make an argument that I feel like Andy Dalton could be in that conversation too. And I know he mm-hmm. played dreadful against the Patriots, but the Patriots defense is a lot different than Dolphins defense. And I yeah. could see this being a high scoring game. And it's Miami. So at least they're not getting snow. If you don't want to have to worry about, you know, setting these lineups and making late changes because of weather, uh, you know this one's in Miami, so there's a, a fair point to be made there. Uh, you could you could make a case for Fitzpatrick over Tannehill in this situation if you're in a streaming streaming situation. Absolutely, and the other other quarterback that I was at least considering in a streamer format, Gardner Minshew going against the Falcons. I don't know like what Falcons defense we're going to get. Of course, the Falcons got the upset victory over the 49ers this past week, but that was more on the heroics of Julio Jones, not so much on the defense, in my opinion. I think Gardner Minshew, and it sounds like DJ Chark will be back. That's a guy and a player, at least the connection-wise, that could do some damage against the Falcons' defense. And like I like Fitzpatrick and Minshew more than maybe some of that seven to ten range of the quarterback spot where you might be considering right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'd have a real tough time outside of a deep two quarterback lead where you're still alive, actually sliding Gardner Minshew into my lineup and feeling okay about it. Um, could be a big time tournament flyer in DFS, but even then, uh, I haven't quite seen enough from him to inspire a ton of confidence. You know, again, rookie season, he he, he can probably get better, but uh, but even it, it's a road matchup against Atlanta. Again, favorable numbers, twenty fifth, but we're talking about the whole season in review here, not just like the last couple of weeks sample size. So uh, so we'll have to see. I mean, I guess he makes the list, but uh, he's pretty low on it for okay, me. Okay, how about this? So let's let's give the listeners some examples right here. Tom Brady over Fitzpatrick or Gardner Minshew. Brady, mm-hmm. of course, potentially out. Julian Edelman, we'll talk about that in a little bit. 
has obviously struggled very much, uh, even still with Julian Edelman around, plays the Bills in a very pivotal matchup. Would you rather have Fitzpatrick or Gardner Minshew over Tom Brady? I think I'd rather have Fitz, actually, just because Brady hasn't shown us anything lately. I mean, we might as well run run down the list here of the ownership guys. If you're in the playoffs, pretty likely you own Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Um, those four are going to be locks, essentially. Yep. You know, you don't pivot away from those guys. The first guy where it starts to get close, and I hate to say this, is Aaron Rodgers the on the road at Minnesota. I mean, Tannehill, you have a case with Tannehill in that case, so if the weather's okay, so you think about it. But I'd still go Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this is a big uh-huh. one where he's got a lot to prove. And then, uh, yeah, getting down the list, I think Tom Brady's the first one who's 93% owned, up there in scoring. Um yeah, Tom Brady falls down on the list quite a bit for me, and that's where I'd pretty much go to any of those guys except Gardner Mint. Uh, the Brady Minshew line, that's a weird place to put it, but so that, starting, that's about the line. I'm starting both Fitzpatrick and Minshew over Tom Brady if if I have this one, and I'm starting Ryan Fitzpatrick very clearly over Aaron Rodgers right now. Like it's, It is not a debate, in my opinion, that I'm not – like Fitzpatrick will score more than Aaron Rodgers in Week 16. I know it's going to feel really weird when you're looking at your championship lineup. And you're like, all right, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is an automatic lock for me and Fitzpatrick over Rodgers. I disagree. I couldn't bring myself to do that if it were my lineup. All right, is this it? Is this another Culver's board bet that we're putting down? All right, yeah, we'll 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 do that after our, our sprinkle thing. <laughs> I can't believe I got you to bet against the Packers, but Fitzpatrick against the Bengals, man, I, I don't know. I thought uh, I thought Sam Darnold was going to be a clutch against the Bengals, and then that kind of ruined me in uh, one fantasy playoff, so I guess that taste is still in my in my mouth. But, well, uh, and you would have thought that uh, Tom Brady would do well against the Bengals, too, and he hasn't, mm-hmm. so I get it. I, I get this is just, it's just one of those situations where, yeah, on paper, I can see you can make the case for Tannehill if you look at their la- each quarterback's last three four games and then you look at the matchup and you Wait, took the names out of it or I'm sorry Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah, exactly sure. because you, you, <laughs> I mean, we did mention him and that's in the conversation but I'm specifically saying in Miami with an offense that the Dolphins run that just has no running back Laird who is your favorite guy has been a disappointment at my favorite right? guy dude Laird I've, I've been guy to, to, to joke about yes, I mean yeah yes, the guy's been he's, he's a joke he's I, I have <laughs> don't mix me up with being associated with Patrick Laird at any point here um, that was a joke all along, and yeah, I, and no I knew that. Game. If anything, I was in on no it a little game. bit. Anyway, but no, yeah. Uh, see, this is one of those things where, again, the point I was trying to make is Fitzpatrick, okay, sure. I can see the appeal there, but it's almost similar to the guy who asked me if uh, they should start Tannehill over Lamar Jackson this past week. Yeah, okay, This yeah, is I, one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, the, maybe the matchup looks a little bit better on paper. The Vikings have been pretty good lately. Um, the Vikings have been very good at home. Cousins on primetime is a, is going to be an interesting thing to see. But but overall, this is one of those things where, okay, the matchup looks good, and I can see making the case. But if I'm sitting there tinkering with my fantasy lineup and I've got money on the line, I'm not – I can't actually bring myself to bench Aaron Rodgers in that situation, regardless of how the recent play has been shaping up. I get it with Lamar Jackson. Obviously, we're talking about one of the best athletes in the NFL. Forget a quarterback at the mm-hmm. NFL – and if he's even 80% healthy, which was another thing. It was a Thursday night game. We don't know what his quad's going to look like. I need to have him out there. This isn't the same type of player when we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. And this isn't the same type of offense. It has just Devontae Adams. Like You've watched the Redskins and Packers two weeks ago. You watched the Packers and Bears this past week. MVS drops a pass on that very opening play, which maybe makes a difference. Mm-hmm. But this offense is not looking great right now. And they have historically, whether it be Favre or Rodgers, 
played horrible at home or at Minnesota. I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm out. All yeah, I think I think we're just taking into account like too much of the. Yeah, they've played up to their competition the last couple of weeks, and now it's time to really turn things on. And if you're hiding anything, saving anything, now's the time to use it when you're going to look at possibly clinching that home game and uh, clinching, of course, the division. Yeah. So uh, I think this is the time we're going to see the, the national narrative is going to turn around this week on the Packers. Everyone thinks that they're flawed and that, uh, but. If the Packers go in and they and they beat Minnesota, you know maybe this is too much Homer talking. And, and credit to you for being able to overcome that and bet against Rodgers. I just I just can't wait to uh, discuss this. Yeah, I'm, with you I'm, next week. I'm, I'm the pessimistic Packers fan through and through. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't even really you know congratulate myself on that. I, I hate looking at a negative mm-hmm. landscape. I just. I don't know how you have confidence. Wait, but, but just wait till this works out. Listen to, listen to what's going to happen in the national media. Oh, the 49ers have so many injuries. Uh-oh, the Seahawks might have some yeah. holes. Yeah. You know, but I, and all of a sudden the Packers looks good. Everyone's going to jump, happening. skip. Yeah. It's already happening. Like I was hearing mm-hmm. a little bit on national radio today driving into work where it's like, oh, well, you look at the 49ers. They're without Richard Sherman, and their defensive line is injured a little bit more. Okay, let's dial it down a little bit. The Packers still have many question marks of their own. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, that's that's the great thing we'll see on Monday night. We'll be very uh, raw uh, on an a- analyzing it this following week on, on what's mm-hmm. going to happen. So we'll move over to the running back position. We, of course, spent way too much time on quarterbacks, despite the fact that probably nobody needs that. Unfortunately for us and for the listeners, there really isn't a lot of movement when it comes to the running back position in Week 16 here. Like We have the Josh Jacobs injury. He's still dealing with it. The Raiders are 6-8. and eight. I don't know why they're continuing to run their rookie running back and rookie of the year favor potentially into the ground, but it feels like that's what's happening. If he were to be out, I think DeAndre Washington becomes easily the top pickup of the week. We've already burned through a lot of those guys, A.J. Brown in particular, last week. So there isn't a lot of options out there. Delvin Cook seemed to re-injure something or have a different injury, but Alexander Madison was also hurt. So great job if you were holding Mm -hmm. on to Alexander Madison. It's Mike Boone who scored two touchdowns this past week. I don't know what to do with the top end of these running backs right now. Yeah, yeah, this is a really tough one. I mean, Madison has that ankle injury. He didn't practice at all this past week. So trying to predict on Tuesday, it doesn't look like it's going to be good for him. In which case, sure, Mike Boone's your guy. Um, At this point, Tuesday in the week, I think you pick up Boone if you can find room on your roster for him because chances are, I mean, Delvin Cook, like we mentioned, has gotten a lot of people to the playoffs. So I think you pick up Boone either way because either you have Cook or your opponent has Cook. There's a pretty good chance of that. So you, you block in that situation and hope maybe you can catch your opponent sleeping on the waiver wire in Week 16. So, But it's really hard to predict right now. We don't know exactly what we're going to get, uh, what what the injury report's going to look like through the week and all those kinds of things. So uh, I, I guess Boone would be your guy, and, and in that case might even have uh, a little more upside than someone like DeAndre Washington because the Raiders could just as easily trot Jacobs out again. I just can't imagine the Vikings – in a must-win game, this is must-win for them, mm-hmm. would have Delvin Cook sit out, even if he's like 50%. I just don't – there's there's no way Delvin Cook does not play Monday night against the Packers. I, I can't – I cannot fathom a scenario where he does not play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. You could think, okay, save, save Delvin Cook for the playoffs, but if your first-round pay- playoff game is on the road in Seattle – that, that doesn't look good for you. So what good is saving him for then? So, yeah, they do have to uh, do their positioning. Uh, Mike Zimmer's kind of downplayed the injury, I guess, is our latest update here on Rotowire. Um, thinks he's going to be able to play through the right shoulder injury. So, so yeah, there's something there. But, again, if it's Monday night, and you need to be prepared yeah, in yeah. case of a setback, right? Because if, uh, if suddenly, you know, I don't know, he 
he hits it wrong or, or in some if the you just have to be prepared for this type of scenario with the championship on the line you don't want to be caught monday with your pants down and have delvin cook suddenly not playing not that it's necessarily likely but i still think it's worth it to prepare for that scenario if you don't have or if you have cook on your roster you should already have madison and i think you're right you should also have Boone now as well that fourth string receiver doesn't matter Unless it's yep. a keeper or dynasty league, mm-hmm. there's no point. So you should have all three running backs if you do have Delvin Cook. If you have, you know, like uh, Josh Jacobs, you already should have DeAndre Washington too. I mm-hmm. can't imagine he's available in most places. The same goes for a guy like Raheem Mostert, who I think was the hot pickup last week. Very clearly, is the starting running back right now for the 49ers. I assume he's available in most places that we're having this conversation. The next guy, he's 82 percent owned. Right, exactly. So the after he got uh, after he got crowned, the ownership just straight up. It's Adrian Peterson, I think, and even then, he's 54% owned, so he doesn't really qualify for what we're talking about. But, again, if you're talking about the fourth-string receiver or Adrian Peterson, this is that situation where you're blocking your opponent from Mm -hmm. potentially having a good matchup. The Redskins faced the Giants this week. He had 91 total yards and a touchdown this past week against the Eagles. That was a harder matchup that we identified this past week. I think Peterson's the top pickup overall in most formats right now. Yeah, yeah, I can see that because his role is actually secure. There's less injury uncertainty here. Obviously, Geis is out for the year. Uh, Chris Thompson doesn't seem to be threatening to take the workload too much, but you could, just a warning that there is a game flow situation where Chris Thompson does cut into that workload significantly. So. Unlikely, but you never know. I mean, the Giants have right. firepower. They can get a couple bombs off to Shepard and Slayton, and, and then who knows? Then the Redskins get behind. It's very possible. So that would be the biggest risk to Peterson, but I think it's less of a risk than the other guys we mentioned. Yeah, that, that was kind of my thought process. So, of course, if, if Mostert's not picked up, of course, you're, you're going that direction. The Delvin Cook owners need to go get Mike Boone, but if there isn't, or if you're trying to block somebody, that's I get it too. Otherwise, I think Peterson's the top pickup at running back. Then you go really far down. So Bo Scarborough is inactive for the Lions this past week. A guy named Wes Hill. If you knew who Wes Hill was prior to Sunday, raise your hand. I'm not among mm-hmm. that group. I don't know if you are either. He got two gimme touchdowns from the one-yard line, 21 total yards. It's not clear if Bo Scarborough is going to be able to play this week. on Johnson has also talked about returning as well. I don't want anything That seems to pointless, do. too. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this Lions backfield right now, Bo Scarborough healthy or not. So I don't know. Like, what's your thoughts with West Hill in a very, very deep league? Yeah, I don't think that – it was a little bit fluky because of uh, you know the game flow set them up at the one-yard line on multiple occasions. Exactly. You can't really count on that. It, you know, leading up to those touchdowns, he had a pretty Kalen Balaji stat line for a while. So, uh, Never a name you want to get uh, tied to. <laughs> yeah, so that, so that was rough. You'd have to be pretty hard-pressed. I'd rather have the last guy you put on here, Boston Scott, because at least he's getting targets and in a PPR format – there seems to be a decent floor there. You know, who knows if Jordan Howard is going to come back at all this season. He continues to be held out. He had a questionable designation last week, so maybe he could come back, in which case the Boston Scott narrative, I would say, ends. But uh, Scott has been a pretty decent and serviceable compliment to Miles Sanders. And let me see, they've got the Cowboys this week and in what's basically a must-win game. Must win, yep. You know, the winner could end up hosting a playoff game in the first round, which is which is the kind of hilarious. Will. It's 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 guaranteed. I mean, they they you either win or you are done. This is it right now for the your, your traditional win or go home game. Yeah, yeah, your seven and seven win and go home game. You're right. There's been a lot of na- uh, narrative, both nationally and also in Philadelphia, that. The, the Eagles are refusing to pick up a wide receiver from the practice squad or whatever else. So they only had three active this past week. But Who's the guy coach, that scored? Ward? Uh, yeah, yeah. Head coach Doug Peterson has went on record now multiple times saying he treats 
the tight ends and running backs and wide receivers all as one position, skill position players. So Boston Scott has been operating as a wide receiver, essentially 13 receptions in the last two weeks. He probably becomes the second pickup behind Adrian Peterson for me mm-hmm. in a PPR format, and I think nothing's going to change. Like We've seen the Eagles' offense be effective enough these past two weeks where I don't see how it goes. And worth pointing out, Jordan Howard has still not been cleared yet for contact. Oh, there you go. I don't okay. even know if he plays the rest of the season, much less this next week. So I think Boston Scott is your number two pickup from the running back spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're down to the point where your league 16, 18 teamers, uh, Scott might be in play. He could even be a sneaky, uh, his price might go up a little bit, but he could be a sneaky flex play on DraftKings in a yeah. PPR format, I think. I like him in 12 team links as a flex play if you're really going down there. Like, I'd much rather have him than Laird, who, of course, you don't like. I don't want anyone else listening right now to think you are a Patrick Laird fan. Uh, but I think Scott makes more sense than a, than a Patrick Laird, who was a flex appeal for some people that I was mm-hmm. I was debating with on Twitter. But for the record, nothing wrong with the dude. I'm sure he's an okay guy, but I just have never believed in in him as a fantasy asset. Well, yeah, and I don't know how you can really have anybody in the Dolphins running backfield right now. Kenny Drake obviously had four touchdowns this past week for mm-hmm. the Cardinals. But yeah, it doesn't like, matter how good of a player you are. <laughs> If you're sitting there, it's just not working out. Exactly. Let's do one more victory lap at the wide receiver spot. I was all in on Brashard Perriman as the pickup to own this week, and he and A.J. Brown were excellent. I mean, A.J. Brown mm-hmm. was kind of the guy that was already picked up before. Perriman was Don't forget about Anthony Miller, man. Well, Those... Anthony Miller, and then Danny Amendola with eight catches, 102 yards. That was kind of the toss-in mm-hmm. at the end that you were like, ah, I don't know. And I'm, no, 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 it's the Lions. They're going to have to pass. And show, sure enough, that's so all four really have been – Excellent additions, and Anthony Miller torched the Packers. Not so much Tremont Williams, which was a, a highlight of Jerry Dinobedian's article, uh, why not to or why to bench Anthony Miller. But all four of those guys, I think, end up being not must starts, but guys you have to consider. Mm-hmm. And here's the uh, here's the kicker: Perriman is thirteen percent owned in Yahoo, and he's got a home game against the Texans this week. Um, I think you lock him in as a wide receiver three after what he did last week. Now, granted, you're not getting last week's production, and people are going to be a little bit more aware of him. Um, also, Godwin left that game with an injury, right? That's what right? I was going to say. Like, he's not wide receiver three for me. Godwin might not play, and it almost seems likely he's not playing. No, Godwin's getting an MRI today, actually, so and stay Scott tuned to Road Miller, Aware for info on that later on. Their third-string guy also left the game with an injury, too. So it's Brashard Perriman, Justin Watson— Mm-hmm. And then your two tight ends, Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard. And it, it sounds like O.J. Mm-hmm. Howard and Brait are both going to get involved more. But yeah. there's enough. I was going to say, you're going to have to – I'm going to need someone to punch me in the mouth or something to convince, talk me out of using O.J. Howard. You know, I, I, I just can't quit it. I, I just can't quit it because he's the he's the big body. I think he sees red zone targets this week. He's going to be productive in that area. And there's – I don't know. It just – I think you he's the play. You to Brait and Howard as fantasy plays this week against the Texans. And the way the Buccaneers are throwing the ball around right now and how great Winston is looking – I think Perriman has to be – he's a wide receiver too. Like I think he's among the top 15, top 20 wide receivers mm-hmm. overall this week, regardless if Godwin plays, but certainly if Godwin's out. Yeah, the, yeah, the DF, DFS price is going to be interesting oh, there nice. too. But, yeah, Rashad Perriman, 89.3% of snaps this week, and then uh, and then Chris Godwin, 61.3%, obviously went down due to injury, and it was, it was Justin Watson that came up and got it. So uh, that could be your sneaky DFS target because if Godwin doesn't play, you can assume teams are going to prepare for Perriman. So I do expect some regression there, but he he's still he's still in the mix. I don't um, know how the Texans can though. Like I, I feel like their cornerbacks are uniquely not capable of covering a guy like Perriman who's six foot three 
and uh, ran like a four two eight at the forty. Like this is mm-hmm. Perriman. This isn't going to be a breakout game for him. I, I think we kind of actually saw this past week, but he's going to be involved heavily in that offense, and his skill set is uniquely capable of destroying the Texans secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I buy it. I mean, both those guys are, are going to be in play, especially Perriman. Fortunately, uh, readily available if you do need him. I think Watson can even be a guy in twelve team leagues or fourteen leagues as a PPR option only. That makes some sense because maybe the OJ Howards and Perrimans are your deep threats, but Watson underneath with how much they're passing right now makes some sense as kind of the Danny Amendola from this past week. And let's go to a different guy, uh, Julian Edelman. We just talked about him with Tom Brady, and we were just debating the quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. It's different than what we've seen for the past couple weeks. This this, this Edelman injury seems legitimate. It seems like it could be something that might be lingering. And if you're the Patriots, of course, you need to win this game to have the division crown. Like the Bills have a chance still to get there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can have him out there right now with how bad the offense is looking regardless. Yeah, this is a really tough one. So, I, you know, I always uh, I always flag these tweets that I like to read on the podcast. Uh, one of the Road to World guys actually uh, tweeted that the leading Patriots receivers this season are Julian Edelman with 92 receptions, James White with 65, and then number three is the sideline because they have a league-high 37 throwaways. <laughs> so, and, and then you sneak in Dorsett and Myers. So, uh I think of Harry like this. It's going to be tough to put him in a playoff lineup. Uh, it's tough to imagine that you're going to need him if you're already in this Nikhil championship Harry. position. Nikhil Harry? Yeah, Nikhil yeah, Harry. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Harry. It's going to be tough to imagine that you're going to need him if you're already in this championship position. But if you did, it's a, it's a touchdown dart upside. Does he does he score that touchdown and gets you you know six to eight fantasy points? That's really what you're hoping from. He's yeah. He's almost to the point where me where it's like a. Not quite in Darren Fells territory, but the but the games where he's been productive are ones where I mean, okay, so he did get that touchdown call back that he actually scored, yep. and they were out of challenges, and then he had the touchdown this week, but not a whole lot else. So uh, I think he could he's someone that maybe you want to snag now uh, and hold him for dynasty formats um, if, oh, yeah. if he's not already owned in dynasty formats, even if you're in one of those. Uh, I'm in a league where you only get two keepers, and I think sure. Harry would be someone that uh, I might pick up for a dollar and see can see if he can turn it on in the playoffs and, and what happens leading into the next year because they do have an issue at that position. So he's in play, but uh, definitely don't feel as good about it as I did. I, I'd be looking to grab Perriman and even Anthony Miller first. Yeah, well, certainly Anthony Miller, and I, I almost I guess I didn't even check what his ownership rate is, but I imagine it's around the 40%. Perriman will be up there, I'd imagine, by the end of uh, Wednesday's run-through of stuff. So it's Perriman, uh, the Anthony Miller, I'm just kind of and, – and like A.J. Brown's in the world there already picked up, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. Perriman becomes the number one option. I think the number two for me is going to be James Washington, but I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. I don't know if you watched that Sunday night game against the Bills. He did have five catches for 83 yards. The Steelers have a much better matchup this next week here against the Jets, and we know how bad their secondary is. I don't trust Devlin Hodges necessarily, but I do trust how bad the Jets' secondary is. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Perriman for me, number one, Wash number two, and then Harry or Watson number three. But what's your thoughts? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I can back. I can buy Washington as the number two, I guess. I mean, he's someone that we've been waiting for to really go nuts since the preseason. You know, he's had a couple of good games when he breaks off a big play, but there's definitely a big degree of risk there. I I have a tough time envisioning a championship situation in which you need James Washington, but uh, he's on the board, at least. I'll give him that. It's Washington or Deontay Johnson. I can never figure out which one's going to do well. It (laughs) It was Washington this past week that got more yards. Johnson was still involved in the offense. I would feel okay if I had to start both of those guys. Obviously not if I had to do both the same team, but both enough. I'd almost wait into the unknown and, and give Watson a shot. Over those two? He, they're, they're roughly equal for me. 
Interesting. See, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in what James Washington's going to do. But it's crazy what Winston's been able to do these past couple weeks. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even think you're wrong. In this yeah, I'm, it's it's a case of me buying Winston over buying sure. Devlin Hodges. That's really the only reason that it puts him on the same on the same level for me. And the Jets secondary and the Texans secondary are equally inept. Where you're right, I, like that that Winston and Buccaneers attack right now. Mm-hmm. Is more lucrative than whatever the Steelers quarterback is going to be doing. Yeah. I mean, Winston went nuts, and it wasn't even in crazy comeback mode to make up for his previous turnovers. You mix a couple turnovers in right. here, and Winston's going to throw another 60 passes. Okay, so I guess I'll throw it to you then. With the running backs, let's say Adrian Peterson is available. And per- Perriman's available. Is it a very mm-hmm. clearly Perriman is the top waiver wire pickup? Yeah, if it came down to a flex spot, I'd be flexing Perriman over Peterson. But okay. I'd go Perriman, Peterson... And then probably Washington. Okay, and, I would. I think. And that's then we how start to run down the receiver list, and then we start to get into throw dart territory. We can rank these guys for for you know kicks and gigs here, but it, we're we're really just throwing at a dartboard to see who ends up you know busting off the one big play on a slant or or catches an open look on a pick play in a red zone. You know, yeah. the, it, we're getting into that territory where it's pretty unpredictable. I think the three guys that are going to make the biggest difference in Championship Sunday are going to be Perriman. I think it's going to be Peterson, and then I would go Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's how strongly I feel, but more. Than likely, if you've gotten the championship, you aren't going to have to utilize the Fitzpatrick. I guess in a two QB league, it makes more sense. So there is at least worth mentioning. Uh, Chris Conley caught two touchdown passes going against the Falcons this week. However, DJ Chark seems like he's going to be back after a one week absence. Mm-hmm. I think that all but ruins any Conley love I might have. I had a couple of brilliant ideas to start D.D. Westbrook this past yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't the only one. You were not mm-hmm. the only one in that regards. But Conley kind of fills that DJ Chark mold. Once Chark is back, I don't think Conley has much of a value. It should be worth mentioning, and listen, Jeff Erickson talked pretty extensively Monday about this. Josh Gordon, likely done for his career. I, I, well, maybe that's probably too strong of a statement. It certainly seems that way for me. Mm-hmm. But this, yeah, no, I don't really think that's too it. strong of a, a statement. I just hope for the best for the dude, but yeah, can't yeah. really I mean, expect him to play any more football. Level, I, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think the Seahawks really benefit much from that. Or like any other Seahawk in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you looking at? Like David Moore in that in that situation? I don't know. I, I don't but, know if I really need a second receiver. Malik Turner or Tyler Lock. Jerron Brown. I mean, Lockett and Metcalf are your guys. Uh, we can talk about the tight ends in a sec. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and then Danny Amendola, of course, did great this past week. It was a good call for me. Face of the Broncos this week. I don't want anything to do with him. So yeah, how, how are we going to handle this with the Broncos? Because the, he's the slot guy. So if we consider Amendola the slot guy, then you know maybe he doesn't get uh, you know that dreaded matchup against Chris Harris. But I guess we'll see. This is pretty easy for mm-hmm. me and and listeners out there. I should have been recommending this more. I have the under on Broncos six wins this year. Mm-hmm. They should not have beaten the Texans as thoroughly as they did, but that now put me in a position where you know one more win gets them to six they are going to get that win because, of course, I bet on the under. So just assume that Danny Amendola is getting shut down Naturally. as a result. This is one of those where I'm going to actually lean. We have awesome content on Rotowire, whether it's a Jerry Statline article or is exploiting the matchups article or Mario's uh, cornerback yes. matchup. Oh, okay. Mario has an excellent wide receiver cornerback yes. thing, and that's, of course, a paid thing for subscribers. But uh, if you're in the championship and you haven't done the 10-day trial yet, why not get it this, this way and open up, as many, open up as many perspectives as possible for you because those guys are – Two guys whose opinions I really trust, and uh, we'll see how the how the Denver defensive alignment is going to line up in a situation uh, like Danny Amendola's. Yeah, I like that. We're going to go to the tight ends and defenses in just a second. I want to get a word from our sponsors. Armchair Quarterback. Armchair Quarterback is a real-time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. Do you know what the next play is going to be? We'll predict it and earn points, climb the leaderboard, and increase your chance to win tickets and other prizes. 
It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We, of course, have a special leak for all RotoWire subscribers. We'll be posting the leaderboard online and mention them here. This week, of course, playing that most pivotal and most important Packers-Vikings matchup on Monday night. You can also form your own league with your fancy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair quarterback, make every game bigger. I wish I could make every game bigger for the tight end position, but at this point, if you are listening and in a week, week 16 championship, more than likely the guy you have is going to be the guy to own, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we talked about Tyler Higby. As long as Gerald Everett is out, I think that's the way to go. David Njoku was disappointing. Ricky Seald Jones actually got two touchdowns this past week, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. The Browns instead of Njoku. I just don't know if there's a guy I want to recommend. Greg mm-hmm. Olson missed again a second consecutive game with concussion protocol. Ian Thompson makes some sense, mm-hmm. but man. I don't want to go on that direction at all. Yeah, I'm not playing with really uh, any Panthers receiving options, especially in DFS this week, because you have the wild card that is Will Greer starting over Kyle Allen. They're going to yes. see what they have there. So, uh, you know, I'm not as excited about Thomas, and a lot of people tried Thomas in DFS last week. Didn't really work out. I think if you picked up Higby over the last couple of weeks, even against the 49ers, yeah. you still have to roll with him because he's been pretty reliable. Um, they play all these two tight end sets, and he's really benefiting from that, you know. Uh, I've, I, I kind of drink the Kool-Aid on Robert Woods in, in DFS, and he's what prevented me from taking a good week to an uh, an actual out, outstanding week. Like, um, So that didn't quite work out. But uh, I think Higby's your guy that you roll with here. Um, you don't really pick up and start try to get too cute and start Ricky Seals-Jones in the championship game. The guys you mentioned on here, again, Carolina, I'm, I'm staying away from. And Seattle, like we alluded to, they're getting a little bit healthier at the tight end position. So now you're starting to get into coin toss territory with those guys. And Luke Wilson I'm, is coming back, which means I don't want Jacob Hollister. I think that that's going to be a difference maker. What you're talking about there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I we expect Wilson to come back. It's a questionable tag right now. Hollister in play. I mean, those Gordon targets go anywhere or do they... Or do they just get absorbed by the main wideouts? Yeah, yeah, or they or they get absorbed by more carries back. I was going to say they're going to get absorbed by another thing. thirty carry game. Well, twenty four carries in in the win over Seattle. I think they're in, in the win over Carolina. Excuse me. Um, and and they get uh, they get the Cardinals though. I mean, that's, well, that's the one thing. That's why I brought it up because of course we know the tight ends need to get taken advantage of. Which tight end are you going to take though? And I, I just don't want to go that direction. In week sixteen, with I don't want to I don't want to play a guessing game as to who beats the Cardinals. Somebody will. But I don't know if it's going to be Luke Wilson or Jacob Hollister or some other guy that I've never heard of that ends up doing well mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, well, and the thing is, is even even Hollister, you know, seemingly being the guy, like last week he had less than 70% of snaps. Exactly. I mean, Tyler Tyler Swoops got a third of the snaps, basically. So I, I don't really count on him, and I, don't, I just... You know, Luke Wilson's never had more than 67.5% of the snaps in a single game this year, even if he was healthy. So um, this is one of those against the Cardinals that I'm probably going to stay away from. I just... I'd be interesting to see tight end dilemmas on Twitter, but it, most likely I'm going to say with whoever you started last week and got you to the championship game is the same guy you're starting this week. The only one, the only one that has been the tight end to talk about all season long is OJ Howard. I don't know what his ownership rate is, at least in close to Yahoo, and I, I wonder if Cameron Brait is also in consideration there mm-hmm. too. But Howard's actually 41% owned, and he gets the Texans. That that's, that's one that would be interesting. That's that's the only one where I'd consider. And then mm-hmm. even and even then, okay, like let's, I mean, let's okay, so you're not benching right? Kittle, you're not benching Kelsey, you're not benching Ertz, you're not benching Mark Andrews. Those four are locks. I don't even think about going in another direction this week. Are you and you're not benching Jared Cook, right? Um, no, nah, and not Austin Hooper. Cook's pretty in, inconsistent. Um, I guess so. Here it becomes so this it, it starts Henry. to get muddy, but I. 
Hunter Henry has two catches in each of the last three weeks. Oh, that's brutal, yeah. And under 40 yards. So Hunter Henry's in the conversation. Jack Doyle. I'll take O.J. Howard over Jack Doyle. That's that where was, we go- That was tight end 10 last So basically we're landing on Howard as a top 10 tight end, but just barely. Oh, just barely. We're mm-hmm. scraping the very bottom edge of top 10. So that's it. So is the, it's, it's Howard or Higby, really, right? Because if you started Higby last oh, week, I that's where you have to make a decision. No Higby, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the... I think yeah. it's I think it's OJ Howard, Jack Doyle, or like Kyle Rudolph or the Dallas Goddard mm. to the world. And Goddard's not I'd bad. go I'd go Howard over Rudolph and Goddard, I think. I, I, I think I go Howard over Goddard too, but I like Goddard as a fringe top ten guy as well mm-hmm. with how the receivers are out. So He'll, I, Goddard will be started in my sixteen team consolation bracket. Yes. So I mean like that's that's the guys. So OJ Howard over Jack Doyle, OJ Howard or Kyle Rudolph or Jaseki, sure. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. I think I still have Hunter Henry in my lineup, despite how he's been. It's worth a look if you really want to torture yourself this week. <laughs> that's what I love to do on week 16, torture myself. Yeah. All right. Let's round out this podcast with some defenses. Jake, I'll give you all the credit in the world. You nailed the two defenses you suggested this past week. Tampa Bay ended up really taking advantage of the third-string quarterback Lions. Who knew on their mm-hmm. defense end did some things. And Kansas City put a stop to Drew Locke madness and really mm-hmm. shut them down in the snow game. Granted, I, yeah, I did get some help from the elements there. You know, my, my reasoning behind Kansas City was, you know, rookie quarterback, the secondary continues to improve a little bit uh, on a week-by-week basis, actually improve a little bit. They're improving quite a bit. You know, they're not the they're not the sieve of a secondary that kind of we pictured early to mid type of the season. And I actually think they could continue to improve and you might consider running it back. You know, they might get another snow game. They're in Chicago this week. Right. Uh, they get Mitch Trubisky, who... Yeah, the numbers have been better for Trubisky lately, but he still makes one or two dope throws every game. I go back to the Charles Woodson, Jay Cutler quote, Jay's going to throw us the ball, right? He's going to give us the ball. Uh, I kind of feel the same way with Mitch Trubisky, especially if he has elements to deal with. Um, and it's and the other thing is uh, I can see the Chiefs being able to find ways, Andy Reid being able to find ways to screen away from Khalil Mack and put points up on that Bears defense, even if the elements do factor in. And again, Trubisky, yeah, he's the home home quarterback, and generally I don't like to stream road teams that much. But uh, but I think I could roll with the Chiefs again if you picked them up last week, and and they'd be one of my one of my top options. And I'll go to another factor um, again, the David Blau factor. You could go to to the Broncos again if you needed to, and I think those would be my top picks. But you've had some other ones on here, and that we might want to hash out. Isn't even available, but I, I had wrote down the Panthers against the Colts. Obviously, after watching Jacoby Brissett, and maybe that was just on my mind from this Monday night game where they, they just looked inept tonight. I, I just think they're hurt and limited um, when it comes to the options that he can really throw to. But you put down, and I like this as well, Will, Will Greer does get the start. So maybe the Colts defense, which does have Darius Leonard, not a, not a lot of pass rushers, but Darius Leonard makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could take advantage of a guy that I think I saw Mario Puig quote as worse than uh, the Bengals quarterback that filled in for Andy Finley? Dunn. Yeah, worse than Ryan. Like we're, he said, we're talking Ryan Finley territory for Will Greer. Yeah, with all due respect, I wouldn't touch the Panthers this week. Uh, I think people are going to have some recency bias with the uh, you know the Colts going into New Orleans on a primetime game and, and laying an egg. They finally got all their weapons back for one week, and I'm going to take that as a positive. And I think they can actually do some damage here, especially with Marlon Mack, like I alluded to earlier. My immediate thought was yes. Flip the script here and try the Colts against uh, Will Greer because a wild card, a couple of turnovers. Don't expect the Panthers to score a ton of points. Um, obviously, you still start McCaffrey, but 
I even get a little bit, a little bit worried there about what might happen. I, I guess they'll just lean on him and hope for the yeah, best. I, I th- you can't, you can't not have. Yeah, I'm not suggesting you. No, I'm not, not, not by any means. But uh, maybe you don't feel quite as great about it as you have the last couple of weeks. But I'd definitely rather take the Colts against Will Greer. And I did look. Uh, Broncos are only 25 percent owned oh, in yeah. Yahoo leagues. Okay. So right. I think uh, one, they're the home team, right? Okay, that checks box number one. Uh, they are. Oh boy, the over under on that game is thirty seven point five. I think I'm taking the under, especially if we get I some more snow. That'd be cool because they they hate my gambling stuff. Thirteen to ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Broncos are six and a half point favorites. So okay. Detroit has by a mile the lowest implied total on the slate. Um, yeah, so as much as I, was, I I wanted to ride the Kansas City momentum. Denver's the defensive stream this week, and I, oh, I, I feel very so. good about that. Yeah, I was going to mention, like, maybe the Bengals or Dolphins. Of course, they play each other, or the Giants, Redskins. There's the Broncos all the way. That's the problem. Like, the Bengals, Dolphins, that's just going to be a battle of the bads, and they're, yeah. they're going to find a way to score a lot of points, and it's going to be bad for defensive production. Not that this matters for anybody listening. Okay, so combined the turnovers, Bengals, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins. Do you take over, under six? Combined, so Bengals, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins? Over, under six. Hmm. I'd I'd go I mean, under. Lot. I'd go under because that is a lot. It's a lot. That's three and a cow. Oh man. I, I'd have to look at some like historical numbers for that. That's a that's a really tough one to go to. Uh, I, I could I guess I could see it going over, but I'm gonna go ahead and 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 stick to I don't know I the more normal normalcy. Five and a half because I think like, yeah. a push is a very real possibility with those guys. So I'll go five mm-hmm. and a half and. Let me take it over. It's, it's going to be interesting. I just don't know which side of those want. Yeah. Broncos I mean, I, I see where you're stuff. coming from with those arguments. It's just like you're you're shooting darts, whereas I think the Chiefs and the Broncos are both more sound plays this year, yeah. this week strategically. Well, that does it for us on the Week 16 edition of the Yahoo DFS or Yahoo Fantasy podcast. Uh, we'll be back for Week 17. We'll actually have a special edition Week 18 podcast where we'll kind of break down all the fantasy actions that occurred over the season, go over some of our free agent favorites. The schedule, I think, is to be determined. We'll probably update you guys on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you can follow me at Roto, or you can follow yeah. me at JV Fantasy Sports. Or I think the plan will be probably tape-delayed podcast for the next couple weeks because we've got you know New Year's and Christmas coming right. up. But uh, we'll, I, we'll do probably a waiver wire award show, I'm thinking, and then maybe we can do a first-round mock or, or something along those lines later on. So definitely stay tuned uh, if you're not sick of us yet. Exactly. And uh, – To all of you out there who are playing for your fantasy championships, best of luck to your winning lineups. Go get it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.